Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sattler, welcome to Jurassic Park. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Does It Hold Up podcast, where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to decide if they hold up to today's standards. As always, I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week, it was her birthday. So she got to pick what movie we're going to talk about. She decided she wanted to go back and redo a movie we've already talked about because it's her favorite movie of all time. So we are revisiting Jurassic Park. Yes. Why? Why are we revisiting Jurassic Park? I feel like we need to do it justice by putting it through our new format. We okay. only spent like 40 minutes talking about it last time. I mean, we're only going to spend like an hour talking about it now. Yeah, that extra 20 minutes means something. It's going to be me trashing the CGI again. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So Jurassic Park came out June 11th, 1993. It is just turned 30. It's actually getting a re-release in theaters this coming weekend, if you're listening to this the day the podcast releases. So August 25th, it's coming back to theaters for its 30th anniversary, but it's only coming back in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Why the f- I was super excited to see that it was coming back, and then I found out it was 3D. I was like, no, you had to ruin it. Listen, 3D sucks. It also wasn't filmed for 3D, so... Yeah, I can't imagine what they're going to make 3D. Yeah. Like, oh no, the car is falling off the edge. That's that one moment of 3D. Nah, it's definitely going to be sexy Ian Malcolm. Ooh, there, okay. I might see it just for that. (laughs) Well, I guess the Gallimimus might work really well in 3D. Could be. be I don't know. Yeah. I'm like interested, but I won't go see it. Yeah, no. I hate 3D. It gives me a headache. I Every just... time. All right, let's 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 do this. Yeah. Steven Spielberg directed... Yeah, Steven Spielberg directed Jurassic Park. Pardon my uh, whatever that was. <laughs> but Steven Spielberg directed this movie. And okay, is there anything really left to be said about Steven Spielberg? There's always more to say about Steven Spielberg. He's one of the greatest directors of all time. Maybe the greatest director of all time, yep. based on, you know, your personal preference. He's the goat. Is he, though? One of the goats. All right. <laughs> He's had some missteps. But the funny thing is, his bad movies are still better than your average movie. Mm-hmm. Because he's just, he's a masterful filmmaker. Came out of the scene with Jaws in 1975 and just never took his foot off the gas since. There's been some down periods, but from like 1975 to 2001, dude just crushed it. Oh, yeah. Like everything. Every movie was just like, okay. Yeah. Great. But here's my question to you. Okay. This is your favorite movie. Yes. But it's not Spielberg's best movie. No. In your opinion, what is Spielberg's best movie? I would probably say Jaws. That is the correct answer (laughs) to get on my good side. But I don't think it is. I think it's either Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List. Saving Private Ryan is great for that, like, first half of the movie, and then it kind of teeters off because it just gets really slow. That story, though, he didn't write it. That's fair. He didn't write it. I can't speak to Schindler's List. I have yet to see it. Schindler's List might be one of the most perfect movies ever, but the thing is, it's one you watch once and you just never have to revisit. That's fair. Because it is a hard watch. That's why I've never watched it. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting, though. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to do box office real quick because then I want to get into some some fun stuff that I had with this movie. You're going to have to just bear with me on this. It's going to be a lot of numbers. You know what kind of fun I'm talking about. Yep. Was it a spreadsheet? Of course it was a spreadsheet. All right. Box office for this movie. 
Domestically, it took in $357,067,947. In 93? In 93. Movies don't even make that now. Yeah. That's not adjusted for inflation. That's just what it made. Wow. Worldwide, it took in $978.2 million. Dang. Yeah, movies now don't even do that. Yeah. I think some of that worldwide might be the re-releases, though, because it didn't get a worldwide release in 1993, so that's adding in a little bit of stuff over the last 30 years, but it's still a lot of money. That's fair. In 1993, where do you think this ranked? Number one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Adjusted for inflation in 2022, it would have brought in $908.2 million. Clearly number one in the box office. 100% number one. Uh, in 2022, it would have knocked Top Gun Maverick out of that top spot because Top Gun Maverick only took in about 750 million. Yep. It would have made 150 million more than that. And everybody <laughs> thought that was a huge success. This would have been astronomical. Yeah. Okay. Four Spielberg movies. Jurassic Park is not his highest grossing film of all time. Okay. What do you think it is? Is it Jaws? Oh, so close. No. No. It was E.T. Really? E.T. took in $359 million in its original run. It's a kid's movie and it's made by Spielberg, so everyone loved everything about it. It only beat it by about $2 million, though. $359 to $357 million. Wow. Unbelievable. This is unadjusted, right? Unadjusted, correct. On Rotten Tomatoes, this is the 11th highest score of any Spielberg-directed movie. Wow. I thought it'd be higher. What do you think number one was? E.T.? Yeah. For the Rotten Tomato audience score, it was the seventh highest. Oh, okay. Directed Spielberg film. Number one, Schindler's List. Wow. With a damn near perfect score from audience. You'd almost expect that from the critics. Yeah, you'd think so. Schindler's List was high from the critics. Mm -hmm. Real high. But I don't know. They just love E.T. I've never seen it. I've seen parts of it and never wanted to. E.T. freaks me out. Okay. Ready to have some fun? Sure. Let's do this real quick. It's going to be great. So I went through and I did Spielberg's entire directorial career, not including TV movies and not including when he was parts of anthologies where he directed like a little 20 minute sequence in a bigger movie. Yeah, no. Only his feature films, box office stuff (laughs) because I'm a nerd. Yeah, yeah, you are. It happens. What are you going to do? So I looked at what are his top 10 grossing movies unadjusted for inflation. Number one, E.T. And number two, Jurassic Park. Okay. Three, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones, 2008. Well, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Your newer movies are always going to be a little bit higher on the On the adjusted side, yeah. yeah. Then Jaws at four. Five, War of the Worlds from 2005 with Tom Cruise. Six, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Seven, Saving Private Ryan. Eight, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nine, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ten, Lincoln. From 2012. I always forget he did Lincoln. I don't forget. I forget how much money it made. $182 million. You know. That is not a movie that I thought would bring people to the box office. Us here in the US, we like our Lincoln. But then you know what I had to do? Adjust for inflation. Of course I had to adjust for inflation. Feels like you have too much time on your hands. First of all, there's never enough time for numbers. (laughs) And secondly, spreadsheets. What do you think number one is? Adjusted. Actually, you know what? we'll go 10 to 1. Let's let's do the reverse here. Let's go 10 to 1. Let's count it down. Number 10, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. <laughs> Still in the top 10 after adjusted. Number 9, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay. Number 8, 
Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Number seven, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Yeah, still in there. <laughs> Number six, Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 1977. Okay. Pretty good number. 550 million adjusted. Hmm. That's a good number. Number five, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Number five. Okay. Number four, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number three, the movie we're talking about right now, Jurassic Park. Number two, E.T., with an adjusted gross of $1.28 million, billion, billion with a B, <laughs> dollars. That's insane. And this yeah. is just the domestic gross, not yeah. worldwide. Adjusted, over $1.2 billion. But it's not even number one. Number one, one of the best movies of all time, Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> so good. Estimated, adjusted, $1 billion. $349 million. Almost $1.4 this movie could have made in 2022. Bruce would have been proud. Ah, oh, Bruce deserves it. Bruce is the, the best shark. <laughs> All right. That was just a little fun. I wanted to go through and look at Spielberg's career because we've already talked about this movie once. So I figured let's throw a new wrinkle into it. Let's look at some of his other movies. I don't agree with that list other than Jaws. Being at the top, I think some of his other movies, like Catch Me If You Can, should have probably made more money. Yeah, it doesn't always mean that they're, like, good movies doesn't always mean they're going to make a lot of, of money. Of course, this is just me. Hook should have like made a Hook. bunch of money. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that one didn't. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, man. Unadjusted for inflation, Hook would have been his 15th highest grossing. Hmm. That's not enough. I think that movie just got a second life, though, on home home video. Probably. I mean, not everyone was expecting a Peter Pan story told from old Peter. But they should have. Well, yeah. All right. Let's do cast. Sure. Sam Neill plays Alan Grant. Okay. Major dad vibes. My first note about Sam Neill as Alan Grant is he's like weirdly attractive in this movie. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, ripped Chris Evans, Captain America type attractiveness, but... He's just kind of like drawn to him. He's got a confident swagger, basically. Not like he's actually swaggering, but he has this confident air to him. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Laura Dern plays Ellie Sadler. She's just attractive all the time. Well, yeah. So good for her. But she also crushes this role. She is like so believable as a paleo uh, botanist. I'm just like, yeah. Are, is this like your second job? Yeah. Are you like acting of like, to make money so that you can study plants? Like, it's what's like, going on here? model here? Yeah, it's yeah. super weird. Then Jeff Goldblum is Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Okay, let's let's put this to rest. Jeff Goldblum versus Sam Neill. Which one of these characters is hotter? Characters? Yeah, the characters. It was just said. Yeah, I'm still Alan Grant's giving Malcolm. off. Uh, Alan Grant's giving off those, like, hot dad vibes. Sure, but he's got sexy... Ian Malcolm, he's the chaotic god in this movie. But he's a dick. Yeah. But the character's a dick? That that brings his attractiveness down. I don't necessarily see him as a dick. Is more of just quirky. Well, you're just wrong. (laughs) Why are you so wrong? Okay, whatever. Wrong. All right, Richard Attenborough plays John Hammond, the creator of Jurassic Park. Dude is a treasure. Yeah. Was a treasure. He managed to make a character that could be really, like, swarmy. And made him actually lovable. So you read the book, and I think you've told me before, Hammond sucks in the book. 
Oh, he is terrible. He is money hungry. He is just the worst character. And I'm so glad that they changed it for the movie and put this man in there because it makes it so much better that he's not a villain. But they didn't really change him. He's still kind of money hungry, but at least he's like, by the end, he cares. Sure. (laughs) Great. Like, six people died at your park. The whole thing's destroyed. It's all ruined. Now you care? Yeah. Now that his grandkids were in the danger zone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it only works because Richard Attenborough is the actor, makes him lovable. We have Bob Peck as Muldoon. Underrated. Very. Underrated might be one of the best performances in this movie. I, he managed to make the character really cool, even though he only has like five minutes of screen time. Absolutely. Everybody remembers him, and mm-hmm. that's what's important. Plus, I don't know who could have delivered a better clever girl. I don't think anyone could. Great line. Martin Ferrero plays Gennaro, the lawyer. He's, He's smarmy. Yeah. He's really like, I believe him as a lawyer. He managed to make people dislike him just enough that everyone cheered when he got eaten off a toilet. I did not. How dare you say everyone? Okay, most people. He didn't deserve it. Let's just talk about it now. He didn't deserve to be eaten on the toilet. No. Because he's just a lawyer. He's just doing his job. That's true. He is human. Then we have B.D. Wong as Dr. Wu. Such a bit part in this movie, but I'm glad they brought him back later. Only in the sequels, though. Mm -hmm. Which is weird. The the sequel trilogy. He didn't even come in. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. The the sequels, the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they didn't bring him back. They probably should have. He was unnecessary. Well, he should have been. For those storylines, he wasn't necessary. And then the kids are played by Joseph Mazzello, plays Tim, mm-hmm. and Ariana Richards plays Lex. I think they're okay. Yeah, I mean, they're fine for what they are. Kid actors normally are terrible. If these two actors were in any other movie but Jurassic Park, they would probably be completely forgettable. Or they'd be even better because the characters they play in this movie are terrible. Terrible. So the fact that they get anything out of them is... Do, do they get anything out of them? I, a little bit. Because I don't care about them at all. <laughs> like, they couldn't exist, and the movie was probably better without yeah, them. That's fair. We have Samuel L. Mother in Jackson as Arnold, the nerdy yeah. guy who's helping running the park. Something you would never expect from Nick Fury, but yes. Yeah. Uh, this was back when he was like not really named yet. Mm-hmm. He was just doing stuff. And it's interesting. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I forgot you were in this. (laughs) Like, you are one of the biggest stars on the planet right now. And you have this five minute scene in Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Also, something I noticed this time watching it. Every time there's a huge announcement. Mm -hmm. When we're looking at other characters, it's him doing the announcement. That makes sense. So weird. I mean, he is the, the park controller. I know, but it's just weird. He's basically the Claire Darling of this one. Did we need him to drop a motherfucker in this? Meh. So that's like a thing he would no- be known for moving forward. Do you think it would have been cool to just have him drop one in this? I don't think it was necessary. Well, maybe. If they shot his death scene, then maybe. Hmm. That was where it was going to be. That, that They cut it. Damn they it. Did. Damn it, Spielberg. Release the Arnold cut. <laughs> Go back. Just use a little bit of de-aging and... Yeah, and just let's see Arnold get mauled by raptors. Yeah. If he's even dead. That's true. Uh, Wayne Knight, the last guy I want to talk about. Wayne Knight plays Dennis Nedry, the person who basically shuts the whole island down and causes everything to happen. MVP? Oh, 100%. That's like one of my major notes in this is Wayne Knight is the MVP of the first like 
45 minutes to an hour of this movie. Even when he's not on screen, he's still the MVP. He hams so much of this up, but it works because you're supposed to not like this character. Oh my God. The whole scene where he's getting the Barbasol can with Dodson Mm -hmm. and the way he's like giggling and like wiggling his fingers and acting like he's a sociopath is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Like, oh my God, I just want to punch him in the face, but that's what you, that's what's supposed to happen. So giddy. I'm I'm about to commit corporate espionage. Yeah. I'm so happy. (laughs) Right. It's just... It's so crazy how good he is. Even the part where he's on screen by himself after his he gets in the accident when he's trying to leave the island and he's trying to like hook his winch to something. Mm-hmm. Like it's just him on screen and I'm like drawn in. Yeah. I'm just like. He's a great actor. I needed more of him maybe in they this movie. could have pushed his death off. He yeah. didn't need to die in the first hour of the movie. Yeah. The first half. Could have had like a nice little moment later and just given us a few more of his trying to get off the island. Mm-hmm. Just give me more. Give me more Nedry. Yeah. All right. We need Release a- the Nedry cut yeah, too. Yeah, we need an Arnold cut and a Nedry cut. Come on. Just put them together. All right. So what were critics talking about with this movie? Roger gave it three stars. And the quote I grabbed from him was, because the movie delivers on the bottom line, I'm giving it three stars. You want great dinosaurs? You got great dinosaurs. Spielberg enlivens the action with lots of nice little touches. I especially liked a sequence where a smaller creature leaps suicidally onto a larger one, and they battle to the death. On the monster movie level, this movie works and is entertaining. But it could have been so much more. He's right. Three stars, I think, is right for this movie. I would have liked it to be more, but I understand where he's coming from. Could it have been four? Sure. That's did it opinion. deserve the four? No, probably not. No, it's it's a good movie, but it does have problems. And his little part in there about a little creature jumping on a big creature to fight when we're going to talk about this later when we get to that scene makes zero sense. It makes sense. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Rotten Tomatoes. The Rotten Tomato critic score has it at a ninety-one percent, and the audience agrees at a ninety-one percent as well. It's, I'm sorry, it's tied? It's tied. 91-91. Yeah. What the? Okay. Now what they actually gave it, because if you look at it, that's the number of people who uh, gave it a positive score. The critics gave it an 8.4 out of 10, and the audience gave it an 8.6. Okay. So actually, really, it's an 84 and 86%. Yeah. Okay. This is why it's important to look at these other numbers, because 91 seems crazy. That's like superstar level. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at it, it's like an 8.4. That's like, it's average. It's a B. It should have been a 91. It's a B. Solid <laughs> B. Do you think Rotten Tomatoes should just get rid of the tomato score and just give us the rating? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, no. It makes no sense. I get 91% of people like it, but... But how they're... much do they like it? That's what I thought I was looking at. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think a lot of people think. They look at that score and go, 91% of people absolutely love this movie. It's so good. And it's like, no, no, no. Even if I give it a 6 out of 10, that's still technically a positive rating. So it would go towards that percentage. Yeah. And it's like, but there's movies that could be a 7.1 out of 10 and showcase a 92% fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, that's like a middling movie at best. But because the average person liked it, there you go. High yeah. score. Yeah. I hate Rotten Tomatoes sometimes. I think they need to be reworked a little. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, 
I gotta call somebody over there. I don't know anybody over there, but I'm just gonna make random phone calls till somebody answers and be like, fix your system. Yeah. This is annoying. All right. Jurassic Park. I've put it off long enough. Let's go through this. Mm-hmm. So the movie opens with a raptor attack. They're yeah. trying to put a raptor into its enclosure. What makes me laugh most about this part, though, is if you pay really close attention, and I think in the new digital releases, they've fixed it up a little bit. They've blackened it out so you can't really tell. But there's no raptor in that cage. Yeah, raptors don't actually exist. No, I know, but like you have animatronics. You have CGI. You could have... We didn't see like a little glimpse of a tail at all. We There's nothing. These dudes are shocking air. Mm-hmm. And it's very visible. And the guy who's getting eaten is just screaming for no reason because nothing's touching him. You know what? 1993. It's a <laughs> I get that. But you've done re-releases. Just fix it. Maybe this... Just fix it. They already had the gene that made him go invisible. There you go. When do the raptors go invisible? They don't, but you know, they, they do. Is it a super raptor? Yeah, it's a super raptor. Okay. Yeah. It's got that X gene. Yeah. Okay. It, it can turn invisible. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird scene. And it doesn't, I, I don't think it does the movie any justice. I honestly would skip this opening every once in a while. Like, I just don't care for it because it's just that opening kill, basically. Yeah. Of any horror movie. But does he even get killed? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, because the next scene, uh, Gennaro talks about the family of the worker who died. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he he dies. Um, why, why don't we just start with that scene? Why don't we just start with them going to find the mosquito? Yeah. Well, one of several. Because mosquitoes. you talk about how a person died and that's the whole setup to the movie is that... Someone has died. We need to do an inspection. Exactly. So we don't really need to see the death. I think I feel like it's a very unnecessary five minute scene. Yeah. Probably could have put more Nedry there. <laughs> Just saying. But yeah. So then we go to the mosquito thing, and it's a dumb scene. It's it's going to be in my nits later. So I'm gonna hold it till there. I hate it. <laughs> but then we get Doctor Grant. Yeah. And he's doing his whole finding dinosaurs thing. Can we talk about this scene? Sure. Can we can we destroy this scene, please? Uh, depends on what you mean by destroy, but so, sure. Grant finds fossils. That's his job. He's a paleontologist. Yeah. He finds a damn near intact, complete fossil of a raptor. Yeah. That is, dude is set for life. He's going to become a worldwide megastar. He's going to be doing talk shows. He's going to be, it is amazing. Usually we piece together Fossils, we we piece together skeletons from finding different fossils. Mm-hmm. We When Sue, the T-Rex, was found almost intact, only like 75%, it was worldwide news. Mm-hmm. This dude found a 100% intact raptor. Yeah, he's a good paleontologist, okay? Best in his field. Yeah, but that's just, that's asinine. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't even describe how ridiculous that is. For the average moviegoer, it was good. Because he wanted to know what he got instead of just finding a bone and be like, yeah, that's a raptor bone. Well, but yeah, but he didn't have to find 100% of it. He could have found like the head, like an arm and a tail. Like some of it could have been missing, but the picture they show is just damn near full. That's fair. Because he's uncovering one that seems very full and then they do the whole little shockwave into the ground to find the other one. And it's full as well. And it is also full. Somebody didn't know about paleontology when they Except made this movie. It had a broken neck. There you go. Still intact. If I break my neck, I don't lose bones. They just break. 
But then we get this awful moment of him terrorizing this kid. Mm -hmm. Because Grant, first of all, way to be ahead of the game here. Because he talks about how dinosaurs are more related to birds, which wasn't national news and people weren't talking about until like six or seven years after this movie came out. Mm -hmm. So way to be ahead of the game. But he's talking about it and some kid's like, yeah, it looks like a giant turkey. And he, he flips his shit. And he like attacks this kid and traumatizes this kid. Why? I don't think no his parents were there. I think this kid just came to the dig site. Just like wandered. No, they're in the Badlands. Doesn't matter. This kid literally just exists. saw a group of people and just exists there. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. But why does Grant terrorize him? I don't even care about his parents. Why does he terrorize him? No idea. Who was that for? Who Whose benefit was that for? The kids? That was for the audience's benefit to see how raptors, how knowledgeable he is of raptors. Yeah. I hate it. It's it's not a great scene. I feel like there's so many other ways. He could have done like a quick, in that same amount of time, they could have done a quick Q&A where somebody just asks, hey, can you tell us more about raptors? Oh yeah, they're this, they're this big, they're this. Oh, and how did they hunt? Because they're carnivores, right? Oh yeah, they're definitely carnivores. This is how they hunted. They did, bam, boom, done. We get all the same information without having to completely destroy a child. What are your thoughts on the weird fan theory that that was actually Owen? Well, first of all, it's already been disproven. I know. I just wanted to. And know I your think thoughts. it's stupid. Stop reading into things like this. <laughs> because I can tell you right now, if the writers of Jurassic World, if that was even remotely true, they wouldn't have hidden it. True. They would have definitely showcased that and been like, "That's the connection here. This kid loved them so much, he became this person." Why would they hide that? Why would they not use that in promotional material? True. All right. But then while they're on their dig site, Hammond shows up to recruit them to come take a look at his island full of dinosaurs mm -hmm. because he needs inspections to know that it's going to be safe. But he also wants people that are going to be on his side. Yeah. And Hammond pays for their expedition. So he thinks he owns them basically without fully saying it. He definitely thinks he owns them because when they first meet, he's like, oh, I see my $50,000 a year is really helping you. You don't drop that into a conversation without being like, yeah, bitch, I own you. <laughs> Do what I say. If you want to keep working, you're on my side. That's, that's, why, why, that's why you got Richard Attenborough. Yeah, because it's such a minuscule line, but you don't drop that without trying to hold it over that person. But he hires them to come take a look at the island. It's a cool scene. I think three great actors just in a trailer together talking is fascinating. Yeah. It's a very, it's a lot of cloak and dagger though, which is kind of annoying, but. Explain. The fact that he won't tell them what the thing is actually about. I mean, sure, maybe they haven't signed an NDA yet, but like. Who are they going to tell? They hang out in the middle of a desert digging up bones. They're other bone friends. Oh yeah, okay. Hey, bone friends. <laughs> I'm going to go see real bones. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's he's vague for no reason about everything. Yeah. It's weird. I don't like it. Makes me want to know what his uh, zoo is in Kenya. So the one in Kenya is definitely just a regular zoo, right? Probably. That's but what I... he bases Jurassic Park off of. But it has to be like something more because why does it like, it looks like a petting zoo compared to this. Like it has because to be Because it's just a zoo. Dangerous. It's a zoo with a lion when uh, you can have a zoo with a T-Rex. I guess. That's why it dwarfs it. Mm. Yeah. That's what I think anyway. That's fair. 
All right, so then they get to the island. They take a helicopter ride. We meet Ian Malcolm on the helicopter ride. And yeah. he's just a smarmy asshole from minute one that you kind of want to throw out of the helicopter. <laughs> but, but he is he is uh, releasing such sexual energy to everyone on that plane, too. Except for Grant. Uh, yeah. He, like, yeah. holds Grant at bay but while he just definitely, sexualizing everybody else. He definitely grabs Richard Attenborough's leg. Oh, he 100% <laughs> He knows what he's doing. <laughs> He, he, he didn't get hired for no reason. He's going to woo everyone. Because he is a, what is he? A chaotician. Chaotician. So he studies chaos theory. Yeah. Nobody's going to hire this guy unless he schmoozes them and touches <laughs> their leg. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. But they get to the island. They land. And Hammond's like, I'm still not going to tell you what this park is, even though we flew over it. And you probably should have been able to see a few things while we were flying here. But you didn't. Well, you might have a certain course you go through, so you can't see anything until you get through. But they get to the island, and Hammond's like, let's go on a quick tour of things. And what do we see? A brachiosaurus. Yeah. Brontosaurus? Brachiosaurus. Some long neck dinosaur. Yeah. And they see it. Okay. This moment, still, CGI's not great. When you're watching it on a big TV and like 4K and stuff, it's not great. This is something I notice. If I'm actually really paying attention to the movie... I notice how bad it is, but if I'm just kind of watching it to watch it, it's it still looks great. As bad as it looks, though, it's still magical as hell. Yeah. Like, seeing that, and then the way everybody reacts to it. Okay, applause here, applause break, for all of the actors in this movie that had to interact with dinosaurs that didn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you right now, we have tons of CGI in new movies. And a lot of times watching it, I'm like, that actor is just phoning it in because there's nothing to act against. Yeah. They're not actually looking like they can see whatever's there. These ones, they crush it. Oh, yeah. Every actor in this movie makes me believe the dinosaurs are physically there. And that probably is what makes this movie so great is because every time they look at it in wonder, I look at it in wonder. So you're getting that, like, contact wonder? Yeah. <laughs> getting contact high from it? Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. But then they see this. Then they see some other animals, some other dinosaurs in the distance. And Hammond's like, <laughs> I have a park. <laughs> it's great. Don't mind our T-Rex. You have a T-Rex? Yeah. Say it again. We have a T-Rex. The way he grins when he says it, I just, I love it. Richard Attenborough. Well, wouldn't you too? Because you created this thing you think people are going to love. And you finally get to share that with people who actually are enthusiastic and love it. But will people love it? Yes. Okay, so that's my biggest question with this movie. Will people actually go to this park? Dinosaur fans? 100%. But would your average family go to Jurassic Park? Yes. For what reason? They go to the zoo. Barely. But that's because zoos cost $20. This is going to cost you twenty grand. People go to Disneyland. That's to ride rides. Uh, it's not a lot to of, see things. A lot of people go just to see those people in suits. Yeah, but there's still rides. There's still other things. It's not it's just dinosaurs. the people in suits. I don't know. Kids love dinosaurs. I mean, do but do they love them enough that you're going to spend 20 grand? Maybe. Who has 20 grand? It just goes... I. This is a movie that could only exist in the 90s. <laughs> because no one in 2023 has 20 grand to just go visit an island. Yeah, but in Jurassic World, they still go. They made it more affordable by, you know. Yeah, by selling everything out. Yeah. Yeah. This is the T-Mobile presents the Indominus Rex. Yeah. Like, yeah, clearly 
probably doesn't cost 20 grand then, but in 1993, nobody's paying that. Uh, nobody's paying. I don't care. I don't care how much I love my kid. I ain't doing it. To see dinosaurs? Do not care. I'd go to see dinosaurs. Oh, but you're a dinosaur lover. It's like your favorite thing in the world is dinosaurs. <laughs> of course you're going to go. I like dinosaurs. They're cool. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to go. Ah. I, I, 20 grand can do a lot more than that. Well, you're also looking at it through the lens of the only thing this park has is that track tour, which it's not going to when it opens up. Oh they my have God, a whole right. bunch of plan- things planned. You're right. Planned. They have tennis planned. I definitely need to spend 20 grand to go see dinosaurs and play tennis. Yeah. Unless I'm playing tennis with a dinosaur, I don't want to go. Maybe. You don't know. I, yeah. It's just weird. It's always a question that always comes up every time I watch this movie. Yeah. Who's actually going to visit, visit this park? Celebrities for sure. Definitely. But, and then once they go, people are like, oh my God, I want to go there too. Like if you can get Taylor Swift there, probably going to get a bunch of people to follow her. But other than that, I don't know. I don't think your average family is going to go. <laughs> but then we get to see a raptor being born. So yeah. they're going throughout the rest of the tour and everything. And this is like the one ride that they have is you just get to watch. How things are done. The doctors do stuff. Yeah. But the raptor being born is really cool. And I love the use of animatronics. It's so cool. It makes it look so real. I'm so glad they didn't CGI and you just didn't see like a random hand holding air that they tried to fit something into. Mm-hmm. What makes me laugh though is, is that how they're born? Are we just making shit up? Well, uh, we they found eggs. Sure. So. I don't know. The way it breaks out of that egg. How come it just didn't go like Super Saiyan and just like explode the egg from power? I mean, do you know any creature that I a don't baby? Know, I don't know raptors. They don't exist anymore. Well, I have no idea they how they will get go born. on the basis of every other animal that is created via egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, but they're not they based raptors. On that. But they're not raptors. Could have just made it something cool. I mean, you also had a T Rex that comes out of an egg. I'm sure it comes out the exact same way. Yeah, but they could have. I mean, the Indominus comes out that. They could have been really way. cool though. Like you could have done something really cool, but you just went boring. It's really, it's interesting. Why? It's beautiful. Why would you go crazy on it? Though? For funsies. Uh, okay. it's for funsies. Show the power of raptors. All right. Then they go on. They keep going on their little tour. Mm-hmm. They're back in their Jeeps. They're looking. They're not seeing any dinosaurs, but they do see something. They see a Jeep off in the distance. So Grant just runs out of the Explorer that they're in mm-hmm. to go check it out, which is super weird and should dangerous. Have adding le- we should have added locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors. Why does he do it? To go see a dinosaur. He doesn't know the dinosaur's there. All he sees is the Jeep. I, I, I've i never paused it at that moment to see if you could see the dinosaur, but... But what makes him think he has the right... Or the permission to do this. You know, reasons. He's, he, in that moment, is like, I'm going to do it and ask for permission, you know, forgiveness later. Yeah, it's just super weird. But it does lead to an amazing scene where they have a sick triceratops. And it's all animatronic. So it's really there. They're really reacting. And it's beautiful. And Ellie gets to show off a little bit here. Because the dinosaur is sick and she needs to figure out why. Mm-hmm. why the worker at the park just immediately accepts her help and tells her everything i have no idea but she's like oh there's berries and there's this and maybe so what does she do she digs into a giant pile of dung mm-hmm. elbow deep she looks through one small section of it and concludes they didn't eat the berries yeah like come on girl you gotta like push that whole pile over and dig yeah no trace of these tiny little lilac berries. Yeah. Yeah. In this one handful that I grabbed. Yeah. Of a mound that is about five feet high. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But it's a beautiful scene with the Triceratops. Oh, it's so cool. That it's That magical. is that sense of wonder that you really wanted in this movie. Exactly. And then we get Nedry's plan. He's going to enact it. He's going to shut down the entire park so that he can steal the embryos, 15 embryos of dinosaurs, to sell for like $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's not enough money for dinosaur embryos. <laughs> but secondly, it's really interesting. So he is the single IT guy who set up this entire park. But he feels like he's underpaid, so he's going to steal these embryos to get the money he thinks he's owed. He, well, yeah. I was under the impression he did something dumb with his money. Like, maybe he's not actually underpaid, but he got into some, like, gambling troubles. Well, we definitely know he's not underpaid. Because Hammond and him have a conversation about his finances. And Hammond's like, listen, we've already done this talk once. Your problems are your problems. Yeah. If they've done this talk more than once, I guarantee Hammond, who has spared no expense, has probably given him a raise at some point. Well, also, you're probably under a contract. So you knew what you were getting going in. Oh, he's 100% under contract because he states, I bid the lowest to get this job. So you underbid yourself, dude. That's not anybody else's fault. That's your own fault. Yep. It's the one part of his plan that I don't uh, care about. It's like, we try to make him some greedy, hungry guy, but it just, it doesn't work. I mean, he is a greedy, hungry guy. I know, but it doesn't work for me. Sure. We needed to know how much money he was making. But why? So that we knew how much more money he was getting. Is Hammond actually a bad guy and only paying him like 20 grand for this? Or is he getting paid 5 million and and he just wants more? There wasn't enough there for me. Okay. That's, uh, I'll, I'll let you have that. I didn't get that. And I'll let you have that. <laughs> so as Nedry's plan comes into action, he shuts down all safety precautions in the park. In certain parts of the park, yeah. So Ian Malcolm, the lawyer, and the kids, the kids and, Grant, and yeah. Grant are at the T-Rex paddock. Yeah. They were on their way back. Correct. And everything gets shut down. So what happens? Somehow the T-Rex knows that it's all shut down, and he decides to come visit. Well. No. Well. Okay, go. He he was hungry, finally, so he ate the bit of food that was left out for him. Sure. And Gennaro ran, and he saw it. But why is he anywhere near? So earlier we went to the T-Rex paddock, and he was nowhere to be seen. Then all of a sudden, he's just like, I'm chilling by the fence at the exact moment that everything goes haywire. Eventually, he needed to eat. Also, maybe he could feel that there was no electricity in there. Oh, okay. Okay. You just keep defending it. Yeah. Keep going. Gennaro ran. He pursued. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay. Gennaro's the reason the T-Rex gets out. I'm pretty sure Nedry is the reason the T-Rex gets out. You know what? T-Rex may never have even tried the fence. I'm pretty sure plot convenience is the reason the T-Rex gets out. Because there's no reason he should be at that fence at that moment. He was hungry. And the food was there. (laughs) Yes. But the food is live food. Huh? The food probably wasn't still at the fence. He was chained up. Are you sure? Yes. All right. All right. I'm sure. (laughs) Whatever you say. That's so weird, but it it does lead to a brilliant scene. The T-Rex breakout is phenomenal on every level. So tense. From the moment we see the water shake, which Mm -hmm. is an iconic moment, to the end of this moment. And I'm talking about the end as in when the T-Rex is chasing them, driving away. 
from yeah. the water shaking to the chase. Everything in the middle works except for like two things. Hmm. What's the two things? The car falling yeah. into the tree. That whole sequence is awful. Yeah. They should Makes never no survive sense. that. That might be the only thing. Actually, I said two, but that might be the only one. Well, I have one bit. What's the other one? Ian Malcolm being dumb. Okay, talk to me. So as the Rex is basically attacking the kid's car, Ian, or sorry, Grant, grabs a a flare so that he can get the attention of the Rex and try and get him back into the pen. Yep. So he can get to the kids. He gets the attention of the Rex. He throws his flare. His plan is working. And Ian Malcolm decides to also have a flare and get out and is like, no, I'm just going to run with this flare. I honestly, it's such a flaw in this scene. And I wish he would have waited until the Rex got reinterested in the kids to make his sacrifice really mean something. It's a very tense scene, but the one biggest flaw with it is kind of along the lines of what you're saying. It's a flawed paced scene. Mm. There's moments where it's like, this is so good. And then there's other moments that go by too fast. And you're just like, I don't know. Something is just off of it. As much as I love it, there is something just slightly off about it. Yeah. And the Malcolm stuff is just part of that. Where it's like, you're right. Him running, fine. He doesn't know what he's doing. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But if you would have just postponed it by about 30 seconds, it's better. Yeah. And that's where I just... A little bit of problems. A little bit of problems. And then the car. The yeah. car falling off the cliff. That is makes so absolutely dumb. no sense because the kid should never have been able to stay in the car long enough for him to end up in the tree. Correct. Because there's nothing holding him in. Yeah. Let's just not talk about it. It annoys <laughs> the living hell out of me that Tim survives this moment. It annoys the living hell out of me that Tim survives this movie. Yes. He goes through. So much in this movie. And comes out completely unscathed. Yeah, because you see him in the next movie, he's totally fine. Nobody gets hurt in this movie except for Malcolm. And whoever dies. Yeah, I don't count those people because they're all like third level characters. That's true. Except for Nedry. I mean, Justice you for Nedry. do have Ellie getting what I assume is a sprained ankle. Oh no, sprained ankle. You're fighting dinosaurs and the worst you get is a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> it's either death. Or you have Ian Malcolm with his broken leg. Yeah. Next up is the next big scene is Nedry's death. Yeah. So he's got the embryos. He's trying to get out of the park, but a storm has hit. Oh, yeah. So it's really hard to see anything. He crashes his Jeep. Because he's hurrying. Because he's hurrying. Just take your time, dude. Well, he was only given a 18 minute timer. But Nedry gets out of his car because it's stuck in mud. And he's going to go hook it to a tree so he can pull himself out. What does he run into? A Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. And not just one, but two. One. Two. There's only one. The one that goes face to face with him is the same one that ends up in his car in a minute. I would assume. No way. I'll have to check that is a the, magic the dinosaur. thrill of him. That is a magic dinosaur then. Yeah. It literally is. They're outside of his car. Mm-hmm. He's face to face. It goes, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Best noise for a dinosaur ever. And then he immediately gets into his car, closes the door, and another dinosaur is there. There's no way that was the same one. He hits his head on the thing and falls. There's no way that was the same one. We don't know how long he was down for. No way. 
I, I just think it's dumb that he ends up in the car anyway. I I picture it is because John Hammond has a flair for the dramatic and all the dinosaurs learned from him as they were he was there for the birth of every single one of them. Right, because this dinosaur has dramatic timing to yep. pop up right when it's necessary. But also, I get it. Nedry lost his glasses when he was sliding down the hill at the beginning of this scene. Mm-hmm. So either you're completely blind and everything you do is a fucking miracle in this moment, or you still have some vision left and that's why you can continue to do things. Yeah. If you still have some vision left, how the f- did you not see a dinosaur in your front seat when you're getting back into the He's vehicle? blinded at that point. He has the poison in his eyes. Okay. No, I thought the poison came after. No, no. He was poisoned. He got hit in the chest and then hit in the face. That's why he like freaks out and runs into the car. Oh, I thought he got poisoned in the car. No, he does not get spit at in the car at all. Interesting. Yeah, no, he just gets eaten in there. How does the dinosaur get back out of the car? You know, maybe he's as smart as the Velociraptor and figures out car handles. You know, car handles are completely different than a door that the Raptor opens later. That is just a hinge door handle where you just push down and the door opens. A car door you have to actually pull out. He'll break the window and jump out. That, that dinosaur is dead. Probably. Yeah, dinosaur is dead. You're For a right. good meal. It probably did eat Nedry the whole time because it's the only way. Actually, probably not because it probably died of uh, dehydration after a while. Mm. Unless it was drinking blood. Vampire dinosaur? <gasps> Maybe. We don't know. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Enough about Nedry's death. So now they got to turn the power back on. They have gotten Ian Malcolm, who was hurt during the T-Rex breakout. Then Ellie Sadler and Muldoon showed up. Mm-hmm. Got him. Must they go faster. Must go faster. This is the chase scene. They got him back to safety at the headquarters. Mm-hmm. What is it called? The, the center? The um, information center? Visitor center. Visitor center. That's what it's called. They get him back there. They feel safe. They're going to go turn the power back on. Ellie and Muldoon take off to go turn it back on the power. Yeah. And this is where we get a really cool moment. And this is the line that I said earlier. As they're trying to get to the bunker to turn the power back on, Muldoon knows they're being hunted. Because Muldoon is a raptor expert. He Mm -hmm. knows everything there is to know about raptors. And the question then is, who knows more, Muldoon or Grant? I think their knowledge is apples to oranges. I don't think so. Because... Muldoon wins by a mile. Because you know that version of a raptor doesn't mean that's actually what raptors were like. I'm just saying. Yeah, but you've seen them live in person. You've studied them. You've been with them. That beats any knowledge you learned from a book or a So bone. basically, Alan Grant is book smart and Muldoon is... Street smart. Street smart. Yeah. yeah. But he knows they're being hunted. He can feel Because he knows his raptors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Ellie, you just have to make a run for it. The bunker's over there. Full speed, just go. And she takes off and he whips his gun around because he hears it. He knows the raptor's there. And that's when we get the clever girl. And he's just, he's dead. Done. Sad. It was very sad. They kill all the wrong characters in this movie. Yeah. Except for Nedry. Nedry should die, but later in the movie. Yes. Arnold shouldn't die. Eh, he was expendable. It's Samuel Jackson. You could have had him in other movies if you didn't kill him here. And Muldoon shouldn't have died. Yeah. You know who should have died? Hmm. The kids. <laughs> you don't kill kids. All right, let's move on. So she turns the power back on. This is where we find out Arnold died. Mm-hmm. Because she finds just his arm. 
Yep. So maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's just a one-armed man now. That could be. I hope so. Also, maybe that wasn't even Arnold. Maybe that was some other dude. Pretty sure she says it's Arnold's arm. She does. Yeah, so it's Arnold. But then we get the one jump scare in this movie. And it's as she's backing up after finding Arnold's arm. She backs up into like a a fence, like a gate of of metal bars. Mm. And a raptor just shoves its head through and scares the living crap out of her. They scare her first and then she finds the arm. But yeah. Oh, my bad. Whatever. (laughs) It all happens so fast. Yeah. Why the one jump scare? I mean, technically, we did have another jump scare with the Dilophosaurus being in the car. But... I don't see that as a jump scare, though. Like, you knew something was coming. Here, you didn't know a raptor was going to be in there. Also, how'd the raptor get in? He she goes the and the door. door is the door is locked. It's not, not locked. locked. It's, it's closed. That raptor didn't get in. The dinosaurs just show up where they're supposed to show up with no reasoning as to how they got there. Yeah. But we find out they learned how to open doors, so we opened the it's door. It's a better kind of door. We don't know. I don't remember what kind of door was on the bunker. I'm pretty sure it's it wasn't just good. a handle. Yeah. yeah, but I think it was a turn knob. No, it was uh-huh. just a. Are you sure? Yep. So it it man, you're right. They all learn dramatics from Hammond. Yes. Because this raptor breaks in, kills Arnold, and then hides in the shadows to scare the next person. Yes. Knowing somehow Let, another person's going to come. Letting them turn the power on. Yeah. Dumb. So dumb. All right, and then we get Grant with the kids. We've, we've glossed over all this. After the T-Rex breakout, he's with the kids, even though he hates kids, mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with them. And that's why he has them, because dramatics. Huh? And he has to keep them alive. And we see a Gallimimus run. Mm-hmm. And then we see one getting eaten by a T-Rex. We see them talking with a Brachiosaurus while they're in a tree and feeding it yep. in a sneezing scene that I know you hate. Does not need to exist. No, it does not. A lot of this doesn't need to exist. It's why we're glossing over it. Yeah, the movie really wanted to add in some humorous moments to, like, cut the tension, but they just added dumb ones. They were unnecessary. Yeah. This didn't feel like a comedy. This felt like something you could have just went... Hard on. Hard on. Yeah. But we get Grant with the kids, and he's gonna save them, and it's great. Yeah. He gets them back to the visitor center and goes out to find everyone else. That's where he finds Ellie. That leaves the kids at the visitor center alone. Right. And this is where the kids are eating a bunch of food that they found for some reason. Yeah, that was just left out. But I love the scene because I love watching them eat for some reason. And I love the shot that they got with the jello. Again, very similar to the T-Rex water mm-hmm. where, what's her name, Lex, is yeah. going to eat jello. And as she's bringing it to her mouth, she just starts shaking. Because she's because so scared. Because she sees yeah. a raptor sneaking up on them. Yeah. How do they escape? It's just raptors that... are fast. The kids were sitting down eating, and the raptor was pretty much right on top of them. Oh, you saw the shadow of them. The raptor so was pretty much right on top of them. They have a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, it's so weird. We all we know this already with how they killed Muldoon. Yeah, but then they trap them in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Go ahead, talk to me about the kitchen. I you really, know what I'm going to say about it. I really enjoy the scene. It's very tense. It's very dramatic. Uh, it's dumb because they definitely see the kids at a few points, but it's a really tense scene. The kids should not make it out of this kitchen. No. The kids are dead. Yeah. Because these are smart raptors. We've heard the entire movie how smart they are. Muldoon literally says at the beginning of the movie, they used to attack the fence to try to find the weak spot. Systematically. Yeah. These are smart creatures. They are dumb as hell in this scene. They're playing with their food. They didn't play with Muldoon. They just hunted him and attacked and killed. They, they knew he was a threat. These kids aren't a threat. 
It is a ridiculous scene. It is very tense. I will give you that. But when you actually break it down, it's ridiculous. I hate the moment where she's hiding and the raptor sees her and runs full speed into metal because it was just her reflection. Listen, that raptor should have eaten her right there. Yeah, sure, it runs into the thing and then it just turns and looks at her and just eats her. And done. I can't believe these kids survived this scene. Ah, you of little faith. No, me of logic. <laughs> All right, so... It's, it's very interesting. But then Ellie and Grant get back with the kids. Mm-hmm. They come back to them. And the raptors continue to chase them. They lock them in a room where uh, Lex has to turn into a hacker. She's not a nerd. A, she's already a hacker. She's not a nerd. She's not. She wants to be called a hacker because she can click a few buttons on a computer. Yeah, she knows the wait, Unix wait, system. Hold on. Ready? I'm a hacker. I click some buttons on a computer. You Done. the Unix system. Yeah. I am so glad that that system never took off because it looks ridiculous and takes forever to get anywhere. What system? Unit or Unix. I can never oh, remember. Okay. Yeah. It's a ridiculous system. Somehow she figures out how to lock all the doors and all this crap. It just, they completely gloss over it. Yeah. But then the raptors still are going to get to them because as they're trying to escape, they come into the foray of the, or the foyer of the visitor center mm-hmm. where they have all the, the statues and all that stuff. And the raptors are there. Somehow they went around and figured out where they would go. Well, the one is coming in from eating Muldoon. So there's one from the kitchen, and there's one that was already originally chasing them. Yeah. So and those so are the two. In the foyer, in the grand hall of the visitor center, they run into the raptors. And Grant's like, oh, we're gonna die. Pretty much. But then we get the dumbest part of this whole movie. Ninja Rex. Oh my god. It is the most silent T-Rex. So this T-Rex walking from like... 500 feet away, shook water, and they felt it. Mm -hmm. Somehow it just sneaks up on all of them, and it's just, it's there. There was no water to warn them. Oh my god, but where did it come from? It would have had to bust through a hole in the wall. I think there was a giant hole in the wall already. Why was there a giant hole in the wall? To bring other things in. The building wasn't complete, they were working on it still. Oh my, stop it. Stop it. You don't work on the interior of a building before you finish the exterior of a building. How do the raptors not know? They should sense him. They should. They're too interested in the hunt, in the kill. Yeah, but watching creatures in the wild, they know when they're also being hunted. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They can sense that a hunter, a predator is coming. Dramatic I know. effect. Hey. Sneaky Rex. Yeah. That's, but it's cool. So he eats one raptor and then the other raptor attacks. Yeah. You're so outmatched. I feel like that's not... Is it supposed to be like a, a an attack of passion? I oh, think you it's killed my revenge. partner. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that raptor would just run in real life. And if he's the only one left, they're he kind would of still pack just run. hunters. It doesn't know. matter. It's weird. It's just weird. But we do get the iconic shot here. Mm. So after the raptor, raptor is and disposed the T-Rex of. fight, the people have already ran out the building because clearly that's your opportunity to run. And then we get that magical iconic moment of the T-Rex roaring as the banner that says when dinosaurs ruled the earth falls to the ground. Yeah. It's so pretty. So cinematic. This is one of those scenes where it's like, this is why you hire Steven Spielberg because he needed to visualize that entire moment without an actual dinosaur or banner there. Mm -hmm. And that's it. They get out. And who's waiting for them? Malcolm and Hammond Mm -hmm. in a car. And they're like, get in, losers. We're going shopping. 
Yep. And they leave. We do get a fun little moment, though, when Grant is getting in the car and he's like, Hammond, I've decided not to endorse your park. And Hammond's just like, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So have I. Yeah. And then they just drive away. End of movie. Yeah. Well, they get on a helicopter and then we get to watch a bird fly because that's what dinosaurs are now. Yeah. End of movie. I don't need the helicopter part. Them driving away gave me enough to go, oh, they got out. We're good. Yeah, the helicopter part was nice. Was it? It was. Okay. It was that final time to be like, okay, things are going to be okay. Because if you just, they're on an island. If they just get in a car, they could have been waylaid two seconds later. Yeah, but not not really. Like We understand it's bright and sunny out. The storm has passed. They're getting in a vehicle. They're driving away while the T-Rex is just roaring. The visuals are there to let us know they got off. Mm-hmm. We don't need this extra stuff. We don't need the end of the beginning of this movie. Cut them out. <laughs> Done. One thing that we didn't talk about that I absolutely love that I just got to touch upon real quick is when Malcolm is explaining what he does for a living, how he studies chaos theory to Ellie Sadler. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a little moment in this that I just noticed watching it for this pod. It's the first time I've ever noticed this. As he's talking to her, his hands, he's very touchy. He's very he, touchy. He's a very touchy person. But he's holding on to a piece of her hair. He tugs it. It's the weirdest thing mm-hmm. that I'd never noticed before, but it's so pitch perfect for that character to do it. I'm not even sure what the reasoning is, and I don't care. <laughs> I mean, he also makes a pass at Alan. He he holds on to his hand. When they're trying to look for the T-Rex? Uh, yeah. The first time, not yes. before the T-Rex breakout, but... Yeah. yeah. Grant's hand is on the back of a, a chair, and... Malcolm's hand just goes on it quickly and like but then he slides doesn't, I was gonna off. Say, he doesn't like immediately pull it off. He like slides it off like all sensually. It's yeah. super weird. Yeah. He is a very sexual being in this movie. Yes. All right, let's go into nits. Sure. Mine, let's talk about the mosquito at the beginning. Sure. Let's talk about mosquitoes in general. That's not how mosquitoes work. <laughs> You're not getting the blood of dinosaurs from a mosquito that was trapped in amber millions of years ago. It's just not going to happen. I also have a huge problem with just... How are you finding all these mosquitoes to perfectly be able to find DNA for different kinds of dinosaurs? Get the f*** out of here. My question always is, how many times do you think they found in DNA for something that's not a dinosaur? All right, the CGI. It's bad. It, yeah. It's not great. It's 1993. It doesn't matter. It's not great. Somebody should update it. Yeah. Don't, don't edit the movie at all. Just rework all the CGI to look better. Yeah. I would like it. That would be nice. All right, let's talk about Jurassic Park as a whole. The park itself. Mm-hmm. It's the most boring park on the planet. Currently. No, always. Currently. It's too expensive to get to, and it's a glorified zoo that I'm going to pay $20,000 for and maybe not even see a dinosaur. Yeah. I'm here for the T-Rex. There's no, there's no justification to that I'm going to see a T-Rex. How many times have we been to the zoo and the lion is sleeping somewhere that we can't see? It's fair. I paid 20 bucks for that, and I'm still a little upset. I'm paying 20 grand to maybe see a dinosaur. There's a video where Hammond talks to himself about what they're going to be experiencing. It only works if John Hammond is in the room each time. Nah, you just need someone named John. Or someone you claim but then is it's named not, John. But then it's not as funny. Sure. It doesn't work as well. I mean, he d- duplicates himself in the video, so... It's weird. I don't like it. And then we already talked about this, but Tim should be dead. Yeah, Tim should have died in the car. He should have died at the electric fence, mm-hmm. and he should have died in the kitchen. Yeah. Tim's dead. Tim is dead. Uh, mine is the lack of basic safety. So, especially at the beginning, 
the whole thing of them pulling the pen up to their enclosure or whatever. Why is there not a locking mechanism on the back of it? So we can't push it on the back of the the container that the raptor is in. Um, Knit uh, is Nedry ruining a piece of pie with whipped cream. Not whipped cream. uh, Shaving cream. But he makes it look so perfect that I want it. (laughs) Questions? Yeah, I have a few of those. Why don't they shoot the raptor when Muldoon tells them to at the beginning? Because their jobs are on the line. I don't know. (laughs) Makes no sense. How did they bring the plants back? They talked about how plants have been extinct for thousands of years. How do they bring that back? Mosquitoes. That have plant DNA? Plant blood. (laughs) Do you think it's a lesson of the movie to never have one IT guy? No, it's 1993. (laughs) That's all you could afford? That's all you needed. Nothing was that complex in 1993. Why didn't they just climb up the other side of the tree? Climb down the other side of the tree instead of being chased by the car? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> dumb decisions Prometheus. this movie is full of dumb decisions <laughs> what dino did the eggs that alan finds come from no clue <laughs> i don't know what dinosaurs laid eggs versus what dinosaurs didn't lay eggs they all laid eggs are we sure about that fairly certain how because they found eggs one time they, they found, found eggs several times i thought great could be the same dinosaur over and over and over again <laughs> we don't know this so I'm going to say raptor eggs because that's the only other egg we see in the movie. It's fair. All right. That's it. What's your favorite set piece slash location in the movie? Uh, probably the visitor center. I like both the outside and the inside of it. Okay. What about I mean, that's you? your opinion. It's the waterfall when they first land in the helicopter. It's just mm. gorgeous. I'd go. I'd pay that $20 just to go to that waterfall. Um, When they're up in the tree and the herbivores the brachiosauruses or whatever they are are eating Mm -hmm. grant calls to them sure how does he know their call he just mimics what they're already doing oh he's he's a brilliant mimic maybe you don't know who heard it people have special talents who heard it one time it was like i can perfectly replicate it and then they look at him like dude don't yeah so clearly he didn't perfectly replicate it that's our word you can't use that (laughs) it's just dumb it's so dumb that he's just like i'm gonna make a dinosaur call we don't know what dinosaurs sound like. He's listening to them. They're right there. It doesn't matter. You can't. No. No. I refuse. It's a dumb moment. He could have just been like, hey, dinosaurs, come over here. He didn't have to try to mimic their call. Ah, uh, probably was a cool moment for him. Uh, we kind of already talked about this, but how does the dino get in Nedry's car? Magic. Yep. Teleports right inside. Mm-hmm. Explain to me why it's your favorite movie. This movie always gives me such a sense of wonder whenever I watch it. I get to see dinosaurs, which are super cool. And then it's just a fun action movie. I enjoy it every time. I can watch the movie without skipping anything. What piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? There's two that I'd want. I'd want the Barbasol can with the embryos in it. And I'd want the baby uh, raptor, the animatronic with the egg. Um, my memorabilia, I want the Triceratops animatronic. Dang, that's a big one. Don't care. I'll figure out what to do with it after I have it. <laughs> would you lay on it like Grant? Of course I would. That would be amazing. Uh, all right. If this movie came out in 2023, if you owned this movie in 2023 and it was your job to decide if it gets a theatrical release, go straight to streaming, or you're going to turn it into a miniseries, mm-hmm. what do you do? Theatrical. Nah. I think it's still a big enough event. Do you make it rated R in 2023? 
So you can go a little harder on the dinosaur kills. I might. Drop some F-bombs in there every now and then. I don't know about the F-bombs, but I might. Come on, they're being chased by dinosaurs. Nobody's going to drop an F-bomb. Eh. Yeah, I think I think R-rated. And I don't mean like you got to go hard, hard R. Yeah. But like, I think R-rated might have helped this movie a little bit. Maybe. I mean, we got R with 65 and it didn't really add much. That was just a bad movie, though. True. Top to bottom. True. I make it a miniseries. I think there's enough here that a lot of this movie feels rushed mm. and we can slow it down. I know it's a two hour movie, which is insane, but it's still like they rushed certain things and they didn't take their, they took too much time with other things. And I feel like it could really be balanced out in about seven episodes. Yeah, nice little miniseries. You could even add a whole bunch of set pieces from the book that Absolutely. didn't make it in there. Other dinosaurs. <laughs> what comes next? Oh, everyone goes to psych evals because no one's going to believe a dang thing that they say. Dinosaurs aren't real. What? And then when uh, the government does check it out, they just nuke it. They nuke the island. They just nuke the island? Yeah. Okay. I think Hammond learns no lessons. Goes to his second island and he's just like, time for Jurassic Park 2. He's going <laughs> to reopen this shit. He learns nothing. Okay. Ellie, Ellie and Grant spend the rest of their lives writing books about how they saw a real dinosaur that sells like gangbusters because everybody thinks it's a work of fiction. So they wrote Jurassic Park. Got so, it. Yep, exactly. And then the kids are scarred for life. Yeah. And they become recluses who never leave the house. Or... Tim becomes an adrenaline junkie. Tim becomes Owen. There we go. Tim (laughs) becomes Owen. Done. And then Malcolm is... What happens to Malcolm? I feel like he gives up the chaos theory study and just becomes like an ad model. I was going to say like a movie star or something. Yeah. There's just billboards of him everywhere in that sexy pose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens next. He could sell anything with that pose. In my world. Yeah. All right. Let's go to awards. First up is the psycho shower scene. Who's your favorite scene from the movie? I'll go first. It's sick triceratops. It's a great scene. Having the animatronic works, Grant laying on it and watching it breathe, and her checking its pupils and dilation and all that, and the way everybody acts in that scene, masterful. I would go with the dinosaur breakout, the T-Rex breakout. It is just so tense and so threatening that it's what this movie was about. All right. Next up is the award that we have rightfully titled. Life uh, finds a way. And it is for your favorite line from the movie. Mine is from Ian Malcolm, but it's not the line this is named after. It is. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. It's a great line. I think it encompasses so much of what this movie is about and just what life is about in general. I don't know. It's one of those lines that I never really thought about before until watching it this time. And I was like, that's such a good line. Mine is also a Malcolm quote. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. I honestly use this quote a lot in my everyday life. You do. Next up is the Prestige Award. Every magic trick has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call the prestige. This one is for the biggest WTF moment from the movie. Go ahead. Not seeing Malcolm's death. Not Malcolm. Uh, Arnold's death. Okay. Honestly, that was such a flaw in the movie. You have this character that people were interested in, and then it just kill him off screen. 
against horror movie rules. The idea is always scarier than what they could have shown anyway. So mm. kind of works. Mine is Grant's seatbelt. <laughs> so on the helicopter to the island, Grant has to tie two female seatbelt ends to each other, which is a foreshadowing and stuff to the idea that these creatures will uh, reproduce because life finds a way. So he has to do it together. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait, who built this helicopter? Did they put two female ends next to each other? And if they didn't, who the f*** has the two male ends that they tied together? And why didn't anybody figure out that that's not how this stuff works? It's just such a... I get why they put it in. But when you actually think about it, who's sitting next to him right then? Ellie? Mm -hmm. Does she have two male ends? It's <laughs> so fast and simple, but it's literally stopped me in my tracks. WTF, why is this here? Fair. Our second to last award is the Han Shot First Award. Yeah, Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. This is for what you think held up the worst since this movie came out. For me, it's the CGI. That's it's fair. watching it on the big screens that we now have in the high definition that we now have is just if you like you said, if you have it on in the background and you just catch it out of the corner of your eye, still looks pretty good. But when you're actually watching the movie, there are moments where you're like, that looks wrong. So. That's what I give it. I give it to the characters themselves. They were not written well. There's not enough to them to make them worth following. Any of them could have died and it, you would have been okay with it. Yeah. Kids. Bye. <laughs> and our last award, as always, is the Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd and I adapt. This is for what you think held up the best since this movie came out. I think it's the acting. Okay. I don't think it's the characters. I think they're all bad for the most part mm -hmm. or really underdeveloped in some ways. But the acting is phenomenal across the board. That is true. I think that's what really can hook me in this movie. Seeing dinosaurs is cool, but it's their reactions and stuff to the dinosaurs and the fact that they feel like they're in real peril mm -hmm. is what makes this movie work in any capacity. That is so, fair. top to bottom, it's the acting. It's the practical effects for me. The fact that they had actual animatronic dinosaurs that people could play off of. They look fantastic. They feel so real. And I just want to give one of them a hug. <laughs> All right. They'd eat me, but I'd, I'd want to give it a hug. So final thoughts and decisions. I am not going to mince words here. It does hold up for the most part. <laughs> I don't think it's as great as it was when I was a child. And I think as time goes on, it might get worse and people might not love it as much unless it gets an update. But it doesn't matter. It's still a great movie. It still looks really good. Acting, as I said, really good. Everything top to bottom just kind of works for mm -hmm. this movie. And you can forgive a lot of the dumb stuff we kind of talked about because everything else works. And so it holds up. For me, it holds up, but mainly for reasons that we hadn't even discussed. Like, the cinematography is just beautiful. The sound mixing and editing, the score of this movie is just to die for. Everything about this movie, almost technically, is gorgeous. And I love it. And it just gives me that huge sense of wonder whenever I watch it. So this movie holds up, and I think it holds up a little bit better than you think it does. All right. Thanks for listening. This was our episode, our second episode about Jurassic Park. 
Let us know over on the socials what you think about this movie. Does it hold up for you? Is it something that you can watch regularly and still completely enjoy? You can find our socials by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Next week, we'll be back with a movie that neither one of us have seen, and it was actually brought to us by one of our listeners. It is 1995's Sabrina, starring Harrison Ford. So please come join us next week for that movie. And like that, you can always suggest stuff to us over on our socials as well. And until next time, just remember that you're a legend. So be good to yourself. But more importantly, please be kind to others and keep watching movies. Bye.